O God, who wonderfully created, yet more wonderfully restored the dignity of human nature, grant that we may share the divine life of him who humbled himself to share our humanity, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Magic can be fun. Have you ever been to a magic show? Maybe you've done some magic. I've only been to a couple of professional magician performances. I've seen much more of it on television. The acts can be astounding, and my thought is always, how did they do that? I never think there was magic involved. But it's thrilling that a performer makes a feat look so convincingly magical. We're starting a new year, and I've changed out my physical calendar from last year's to this year's. I just, I was going steadily through December last year, but I ran out of little boxes. It, it only went up to 31. So I got my new calendar out, and now we've got 360-some days left. It's a wonderful opportunity for us. I would love for the things that were problematic of 2020 to change like magic with the ripping of that page, but I know it will be up to people. My part of the improvement will be up to me, and yours will be up to you. And as people of faith, we choose to cultivate confidence that God is with us. That presence of the Holy Spirit helps us to buckle down and bring about positive change. Christ is a light for us. In seeing the light of Christ, we have a chance to shine. Today, on the second Sunday after Christmas, we take up the spiritual themes of Epiphany, and of light, including the principal epiphany story, the sages, the astrologers who come from the east to Bethlehem to see the newborn king. We have encountered this morning already from Psalm 72 and Isaiah 60 some important things. These scriptures call attention to high times in the land of Judah. One was in the reign of King Solomon in the 10th century B.C. And the other, Judah's return from Babylonian exile in the 6th century B.C. The idea in both cases was that the whole world should take notice of the centrality of the holy place Jerusalem, and the temple there. Psalm 72 refers to how nations would send gifts for the enrichment and embellishment of the land of Judah under Solomon. In time, the king pulled off the completion of the first temple, but it was destroyed centuries later as some 
of Judah's people were carried off to Babylon. Not until the captives returned was the second temple built. The prophet Isaiah speaks of gold and frankincense and flocks that would be brought from other lands to enable the resumption of religious life in Jerusalem. That temple, that second temple, was quite splendid in the time of Christ's life. Jesus himself and his teaching pointed to it, then to himself, as we heard from a recent sermon from Father Bates, pointing to himself as the temple that would be destroyed and which would he would rebuild in three days, referring to his death and resurrection. Jesus points to a house where dwells the Most High, a house not made with human hands. Now that's a reference you may recognize to the eternal temple. It's from the proclamation language recorded in Acts in the preaching of Stephen, the deacon, and the first martyr of the apostolic age, and the preaching of Paul, the apostle to the Gentiles, whom, as we heard this morning, in talking to the Ephesians, is part of the revealing of the mystery long hidden, but now revealed. Before that age of the apostles' preaching, at the birth of Jesus, sojourning sages brought gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, offering them to the baby Jesus. The highest fulfillment of the psalm and the Isaiahs is now shifting to this new emphasis. Have you ever thought of these gifts symbolically, like the church through history has? I know you have because you sang about it. Our entrance hymn symbolically interprets those gifts for us. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. These may be symbols of Jesus' power as King of all, His holiness as universal high priest, His incredibly special death, and its redemptive power over sin, over death itself. The common theme is that all the world should look up and see. Solomon's reign was grand, as we've referred to already. Really something to see. Our psalm today extols his reign's grandeur. But it was temporary. The return of the Jews to Zion after exile was amazing and jubilant. Today's prophecy in Isaiah lifts that event. Alas, Jerusalem fell under Greek control and again under the power of Rome. The military might of Alexander the Great 
Roman emperors brought these changes. What was the sound of those battles that won that land for those powers? How did they sound compared to the sounds of Bethlehem that holy night, that silent night? Listen now. you hear that? It was like that. How still we see thee lie, O Bethlehem, yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light, the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee, O little town. Jesus' beginnings were quiet and hidden, noticed by very few. But His light and truth are still changing lives, aren't they? They're still making the world a different place. Listen now, again, at the first verse, to the first verse of uh, Isaiah 60. Arise, shine, for your light has come. If we take that to heart as Christians, we see that since Christ our light has come, we are called to shine. We hear the truth of verses 4 and 5 to realize what to do, to realize our calling. Lift up your eyes, it says. Look around. And you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice. Isaiah was prophesying of the prominence and centrality that would come to Judah. But as for us, it is the prominence of Christ. Because of that light, you shine. What would it take Perhaps better, what has it taken for you to realize that Jesus is the King and Savior? What epiphany, what manifestation of Jesus' hidden deity shows you that He is the Christ? For Mary and Joseph, and later for the shepherds in the field, it took the message of angels, their voices pointed that direction. For sages in far-off nations, it took an odd and magnificent star. Many in the world, plenty in our secular society, even some in churches, have not seen, have not realized Something in your life has caused you to look up. And using the words of our prayer, after communion, something has caused you to be assured in these holy mysteries that we are living members 
of the body of God's Son, that we are sent to do the work God has given us to do, that we are to love and to serve God as faithful witnesses of Christ. We will not depend on magic to make 2021 a better year and wonderfully different. Each of us will do that. We will do what we can. We will be who we are in Christ to make a difference. Christ shines, we notice, then we shine by our efforts and support, our treasures, skills, and presence, our worshiping family right here will be strong in 2021. Your own family will be strong for all that you face. And our human family, our neighbors, will be more sound and secure, not by the flipping of a page, not by any magic of the calendar, but by your actions and trust in God. I like the words of Isaiah as translated by a great Hebrew scholar, Robert Alter. Listen to them as your commissioning. Rise, oh, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has dawned over you. Raise your eyes all around, you shall see and gleam and your heart shall throb and swell with rejoicing. I love magic as entertainment. But the improvements of 2021 over last year will be due to other factors. Certainly, it will be due to our efforts together. Our faith teaches you that it is up to you not on your own, but it is in the Spirit of Christ. Rise, good people, rise. Oh, shine this year. Christ Jesus is counting on you.